You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. talk about something that I believe is one of the most powerful tools that we have. Of course, preaching is what the Bible says by the foolishness of preaching, but I believe music is one of the most powerful tools for good and for evil. And so the reason I like to teach about music and preach about music is so that people understand it is, it is, it's sort of like the tongue. I mean, you use your tongue to sing and James tells us that the tongue is like a fire. And we've seen the fires going on in Northern California started by one, probably one spark. And uh, the, the thing that, that takes most of our kids down, the things that keep some of our adults trapped is music. And yet music can be harmless, it can be fun, and yet it can be, it's an emotional language. And when we live by the flesh, music can have a very powerful effect on us. And I love music, and I fight it as well. Uh, I, my testimony is I got saved when I was nine. We uh, grew up in a Methodist family and thought if we did more good than bad, we'd make it to heaven. And some bus workers came around and knocked on my mom's door and said, hey, we have a Sunday school bus starting in your neighborhood. Do you have any kids that need to go to church? She said, oh, yeah, my son does. <laughs> so I started riding the bus, enjoyed it. My mom got saved about three weeks later. And then we had a revival service on a Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, we had an old raspy voice preacher, and I sat about right there, and he, he preached about hell. I, I always thought hell was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, you kind of go down, and he sends you on a new mission to go get Yosemite Sam down here or something, and it was just kind of a joke to me, and for the first time, I realized what hell was, and I, and I realized what heaven was and what Christ did, and I got saved that night. And we also lived pretty near Disneyland, and I remember going to Disneyland when I was nine years old, and that song got stuck in my head, it's a small world after all. And we had a piano, and I learned that even at nine years old, I could go over to the piano, and I could find, they're all, you don't need the, any of the other keys, just the little, the, the couple of keys here. A little catchy tune, a uh, cute little message to the song. And I have an older sister who's five years older than me. Actually, she's five years older now, and then when she has her birthday in December, she'll be six years older than me. I always remind her of that. But we hated each other back then. Again, we're not a Christian home, but we hated each other. I did everything I could to annoy, close your ears, you guys. I did everything I could to annoy her, and she, she could beat me up. I mean, when she's like a 16-year-old girl and I'm a nine-year-old kid. The piano in our home was a spinet, and it happened to butt up against the wall to her bedroom. So every note I played just echoed in her room, and well, my mom was all excited because mom played the piano. And she, uh, she, wanted, she encouraged me to play. And my sister would come out and say, make him stop, make him stop. Oh, no, 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 he can practice, he can practice. And so I don't know if that's really the reason I kept up with it, but God just gave me a love for, for music. I had not planned to make a career, a life uh, a vision out of music. I wanted to go into computers, and I went to a camp just right in the San Bernardino Mountains. And I, I, I was very active in church, active in the youth group. Uh, and the preacher said, some of you aren't fighting God, but some of you just aren't listening to God. And I leaned over to my friend Gary, and I went, uh-oh, because I wasn't rebellious. I just had kind of my own plan. And he said, you need to come put your stick in the fire and say, God, I'm going to listen. 
and I, he may have preached on, uh, on uh, the, the still small voice that night. I don't remember, but I know when I put my stick in the fire, God impressed upon me, you need to prepare for a life of music. Well, I had played by ear. I didn't really know how to read music. Other than I knew the rules, but reading it quickly, it just didn't happen. So I went home and I said, Mom, God wants me to do this the rest of my life. I need to learn how to do it right. And we found a Christian classical piano teacher uh, from a Christian college not too far from me. And she knew I played by ear, so she said, you may never play a song that you've heard. Because I wanted to play Moonlight Sonata. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. And uh, she said, you may not play that. She said, you have to learn songs that you don't know, and you have to read the music very wise. And I thought, I'm not going to like classical music. And then I found out several of those things I was just doing on Standing of the Promises, I stole out of other people's arrangements and, and classical music and serious music. And uh, then God had just opened so many doors for me. He has just made it a wonderful life. But I've also seen how music has destroyed teenagers because they just get those headphones. When the headphones came on and the Walkman came on, remember those? And then the MP3s and iPhones and I, all those other, uh, I, tells you where, right there, what's the middle letter of the word sin? I, what's the middle letter of the word pride? I, and music that is destructive to our flesh, that's what it does. It focuses on us, on I. But we're going to just, uh, that's not my message tonight, uh, but I do want to go to Psalm 100. If you'd please take your Bible. In our chapel, cha in our chapel at our school, we uh, encourage the kids to use the same Bible. So that's page 747 if you have a chapel Bible. <laughs> but otherwise, it's Psalm 100, right in the, about right in the middle of your Bible. This is often called the Charter of Church Music, and I just wanted to kind of take this apart tonight in the short time I have, and so glad to have Brother Cook, a good friend and uh, great preacher. Looking forward to hearing you tonight, Brother. So I'll uh, just uh, kind of take this apart a little bit. We'll talk about it, and my goal is, as I preached last time, as I taught last time, God created music. God owns music, and if God owns it, we need to respect what his desire for it was, and realize that the devil's biggest trick is to take what God intended for good and to turn it, has God not said, and he turns it around on us. And the things, the, 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 uh, the tools and techniques they use in rock music, in rap music, in hard rock music, they are not sinful unto themselves, but the way they fashion them to, to reach right into and, and uh, attract our flesh, that is what's sinful. And that's why even Christian music, if it's not done in what I believe is according to uh, the, the tenets that God has placed on music, it can be sinful as well. So I just want to say, and again, I'm not going to tell you, uh, as I told pastor, it's, it's, uh, I said last time I was here, it's the pastor's job to set the culture of the church. By the way, that CD that was playing, or what, whatever that track was, that was gorgeous. I had not heard that one before. I want to find out who that was. But take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth, endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what our hearts and our stomachs have already experienced tonight, the heartwarming music that we've heard, the uh, good fellowship, the, the food that was so graciously provided. Lord, I pray now that you'll bless this time, and may it truly draw us closer to your heart when it comes to this very uh, controversial area in some ways of music. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So as I teach this to a choir clinic, I notice that all, four, all five verses begin with an action verb. Music is an action. It, 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 you, it's demanding that you physically get involved in it. And again, that's where the challenge can come because we're not supposed to be up here bebopping to the Lord. In fact, you look at the times they were dancing those ways in the Bible, not the way that the Jewish people dance, but the kind of dancing that's described uh, at the, uh, the, the golden calf. Uh, that's, that wasn't godly. So there is godly dancing, there is ungodly dancing. I'm not telling you to dance, I'm just saying the Jewish tradition. And we're not Jewish, I'm not Jewish at least, so I don't do the Jewish dancing. Now, there is also what I believe is godly music and music that is ungodly. It's a principle in scripture. So what is godly music? So a lot of times, if you, you know how you find out what counterfeit money is like? You study the real thing. You don't have to study counterfeit uh, money. Uh, there's how many different hundreds of kinds could there be? Uh, but if you study what a real $100 bill looks like and you hold it up to the, that's how you discover. So we want to look at what music is and what God's heart for music uh, is, for, is intended for his people. Number one, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. I believe that music should be done on purpose in your life. I believe that you should stock your car, your playlist with music that honors God. And you say, well, it means I can only listen to Christian music. I, I have regularly tuned to classical music. And sometimes there's classical music I turn off too. Just because the word classical or serious there doesn't mean it's something that I believe would, would uh, exalt the Lord. And so, uh, but I believe that music should be done on purpose. I appreciate this church. Uh, several days ago, they already sent me the orders of service. I had been thinking about the songs that, that were being sung for the missions conference. In fact, uh, we had a fun thing with the Heralds wanting to sing tonight. And, and uh, Brother Chris, uh, Brother Ryan had told me about a song that they were going to sing Friday night. And I said, oh, Brother Harold, talk to him. Uh, that's the same song, and I think they may want to uh, make a change for that. But it's because there's a purpose. There is an action. There is a purposeful thought with music. So I would encourage you, don't be a passive music person. Be active. Be selective. Uh, again, what an encouragement to hear that, that singing tonight, the, the medley of songs. just really encouraged me as I was getting up to speak about music. And who's supposed to do that? All ye lands. So missionaries that you're supporting, uh, let's pray for them. I mean, every, every culture is going to have a different standard for music, but pray that God would give them leadership. And again, I'm not saying music should be every, the, the same in every church. Uh, and the Bible says to sing a new song to the Lord. Uh, but we are to be purposeful in our music. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Why do we call these services? Why do we call them services? We are serving the Lord. That's really what it means. Now, maybe you don't call it service here. We still call it a worship service or, or evening service. But it is a time of activity to bring honor to the Lord. Um, and I'm kind of weird. I don't sing congregational songs much because I'm often at the piano. But when I'm singing, I don't look, if I know the words, I don't look there. I don't look straight ahead. I know I, I can keep up. I love to look around. I love to look at the congregation when you're, when you're congregational singing. And Brother Ryan, maybe that's because when I'm song directing, I'm used to seeing people. But I love it. I, I love being involved because we are serving the Lord together. Uh, serve the Lord in the privacy of your home. On purpose, be, find yourself singing songs that honor God, that encourage you. Uh, I told the story last time. 
uh, I was here two times ago. Uh, I used to do the janitorial when I was just, you know, still in Christian college and, and on staff part-time doing the janitorial. And I remember the youth group had a big party and left a mess in the auditorium. They told me they cleaned it up. So I went and got the vacuum, and it was late Saturday night. And I thought, oh, those kids. And I went, oh, yeah, there's that verse that says, do all things without murmurings or disputings. And I went, do all things without murmurings or disputing. Ooh, ooh. Just kind of writing a little melody as I was singing. And then all of a sudden, this verse came to my, my mind. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to thee, O Christ my King. And all of a sudden... I wasn't complaining anymore. I was getting the church ready. But music is something that should affect us. It should change us. It's a way that we serve the Lord. Number three, know there should be thoughtfulness in your music. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and made music. He's the one. And again, I've already done the seminar, if you didn't hear that, where I showed you on the piano how God ordained major music to sound good to us. It's not an accident. It's built in, just like they've already discovered, you know, they've, through the years, they've discovered that red elicits a certain response, and that's why stop signs are red. Green has a certain response. That's why the chairs are blue. All these are purposeful, and the same is true in music. So we need to know what the effect of music is, and especially those in leadership, you need to be responsible with that. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He created music, made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So I believe that you should have an intent, a thoughtful intent to your music. There are some uh, great Christian leaders that have uh, written great books about music. Um, I remember Kerry Schmidt. I just uh, was able to see him a couple, uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, Brother Schmidt made this statement. I loved it, especially when you work with teenagers. You don't listen to what you like. You like what you listen to. Isn't that a great thought? You don't listen to what you like. Anybody like broccoli? Why do you like broccoli? Because you ate it. You tried it. Yes. And then I, I always, that's my policy with, with a kid. You have to taste it so you know how bad you hate it. If you're going to hate something, you have to know how bad you hate it. And so uh, Brother Schmidt said, you don't like Christian music, some of you kids, because you've never listened to it. And so I think uh, a thoughtful church like this, uh, we're explaining the songs, we're modeling the songs, we're modeling singing that honors the Lord. It doesn't point to our flesh. It points to the Lord. That's not easy to do in the, in the culture that we're in, where we're inundated with performance. Uh, number four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. We are to, and, and when I've uh, taught uh, several kids in here, I've taught piano, um, and I teach them for a church pianist, you need to be able to play four ways. One of those ways is for a prelude, because we are to enter into his gates with nothing going on and boredom and blase. No, with thanksgiving. So even the property itself, and this one does, it honors the Lord. It makes you want to be here. It makes you want to be participating and listening. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And not only entering physically, entering into a time with God. 
We don't sing songs to take up time. We sing songs to take us. As many of you worked in the, in the nasty now and now. You went to a job with people who could care less about God and you had to put up with so much stuff. This should be a time to enter and get rid of all that and be able to stand on the promises and realize God wants to send us showers of blessing and that God wants us to be the one to go out and, and share it with the world. So there should be a physical, I mean, a, a spiritual change for the better in you because of the music that you've heard. And that happens in your life too, in your own, uh, in your own devotions. Um, I remember hearing it said, I think it was Ron Hamilton said, right by my nightstand are the two most important books of my life, in my life, and that's my Bible and my hymnal. Now we have everything on our phones and, and devices, but what a great thought. Uh, that's your hymnal. Do you ever just sit down and read those hymns that you never sing? Uh, there's still some great poetry. Maybe they're not as appropriate for our churches today. There's some powerful messages. Uh, and so I would encourage you, uh, take some time even in your devotions. Find some of those songs. A lot of times people don't like a song because they don't know about it. It is well with my soul. What's so big about that? And then you hear the story, H.G. Spafford lost all of his family except his wife, had lost his son earlier, lost his fortune. And yet he said, it is well with my soul. I can't, I can't even sing that song anymore. I just cry every time when I think about that. But it should be a time when we enter into a closer relationship with God. And then lastly, uh, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. When we honor God with our music, with our with, uh, take the flesh out of it and point it to the spirit, then look at what he's promised to do. This is what he does for us. He is good. He will be good to us. I can't tell you how good God has been to me uh, through the years uh, and opened up so many doors. He is merciful. You perfect, Brother Thomas? Oh, no, 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 no. I made a clamor right at the beginning here. I hope you didn't hear it, but I was thinking about and talking with somebody else, and my finger decided to play it, so no. I'm not perfect at all, but he is merciful, and he will gladly entreat us when we come to him in, in humility. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. Why are we doing this? Because we have got to pass the truth to these next generations. We don't know when the Lord may come. He may come before the service is over. He may tarry another 40 years, another generation. And so I feel stronger than ever. In fact, I, I don't teach a lot of piano lessons, but when a pastor wants me to teach his kids to play so they can play in church, I do everything I can because I want to pass the truth of uh, God's music to all generations. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.